The power of God is so broad. You know, last week I was sharing a little bit about you guys with this series. And if you've missed last week, don't worry. RLCHolland.com. Click Messages, and you can catch up on any message on there. We even got it on video now. And you can Facebook us at Res Life Holland and find all the messages there as well, too. So you have, definitely have time to catch up. And now we're on Facebook Live, which I think is phenomenal. And we're, we're reaching people even farther. So if you're listening right now, welcome, welcome, welcome. And so here's the deal. We're in this series series called The Power of God. And it's, like I said last week, it's so broad. And I'm like, God, what, what, what does this mean, the power of God? And as we were taking this journey, he had said, we have to have an understanding of the benefit we he have here on earth. You know, so many times as, as believers in Jesus, we think we still have to wait till that day to inherit promises that God has for us. And reality is, is no, biblically, no. He says you can have it now while you're on earth. The kingdom of God is at hand is what Jesus said. And in other words, he's saying it's here, it's now. Just, have, just activate in those benefits and know my power and exercise my power. And there was a quick illustration I had last week. I talked about um, uh, uh, service temps. You know, when you, when you work at a job and you go through a service temp uh, corporation, typically, you know, like they have manpower, they have keys, they have all these, uh, all these organizations that you can find jobs. And, you know, you can get a job through one of those uh, temp, temp services. There you go, temp services. And when you go there, you're part of the company. You're working for the company, but because you're not, officially in, you really don't reap the benefits. The benefits are there, but you're not reaping the benefits, but you're still on the same line or you're still in the same office of the, the corporation. But it's until you get off of the temp and you get into the company that you start reaping the benefits. And so many times I see believers, we fall into the temp services side of things when it comes to Christian walk. And God's saying, no, you're in the family you're in the family right now. There are benefits that you have on earth that you can walk out if you would just tap into my power. That is it. It's not what we can do, but it's what he already done for us. And so this series of the power of God, we talked last week about how there is a good God, but let's acknowledge there is a bad devil. There are so many times we walk this earth and we, we, we acknowledge God and we glorify God and we're whistling down the streets and glory to God and that's great and all. But when something happens, we question God. Why am I going through this? What's going on? And reality is, it's kind of like we start getting angry towards him and, and start blaming him for what we're going through. But we have to remember there is an enemy out there and he wants to corrupt everything that you and God have together. In any way that he can. He'll throw a, a pink frisbee at you. If you were here last week, you know I had a little story on that. But he'll throw everything at you to stop and corrupt what you and God are creating. You know, Jesus even talked about it a little bit. He even brought the identity of, of, of the enemy. He says in John 10.10, 10, uh, he says, the thief comes only, and I highlight that word, only to steal, kill, and destroy you see how, how Jesus shows the purpose of the enemy. He says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So he shows the purpose of the enemy, bad devil. I want to say bad devil. bad devil. But then he shows the purpose of him and his father, say, good God. 
good God. You know, and when I was really thinking about this, there's really a revelation, or I'll say it this way, there's really a good insight when it comes to the devil's power. The devil's power is no power when it comes against God. I'm going to say that again. The devil's power has no power when it comes against God. And guess who God is for? You guys. He's for me. He's for you, for all those. And think about that person for a second that you're like, okay, they don't have Jesus yet, and I feel like there's never hope there. He's for them as well too. But he wants you to tap into his power to reach them as well also, you know, when you go to the next verse, Jesus says this in verse 11. He says, I am the good shepherd, okay? The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. You know, I was reading this book last year, and I actually brought it right now. I, I always recommend, like if someone talks to me, I'll always recommend a book. You know, just this is a good book. I didn't say I read it, but it's a good book. So, no, I read them. I promise. I promise. I read them. I read them, okay? Because I get recommended a lot of books, and I'm like, okay, how can we do this? Marty, can you read it, please? <laughs> She's done it a couple of times. It's been awesome. So, but anyways, where was I? All right. So we're talking about, you know, Jesus being the good shepherd. And um, there was a book that was recommended to me a couple of years ago that I've recommended to actually a lot of people. And it's called The Way of the Shepherd. And it's actually a true, true story in here. Uh, and it's by Dr. Kevin Lehman. Dr. Kevin Lehman. So I don't know if anybody's writing notes, right? The Way of the Shepherd. And here's the thing. They took corporate business world. Okay? And he related it to shepherding a flock of sheep. And the thing is, this book is good because you can take the church organization and relate it to the way we shepherd sheep. Now, when I was reading this book, I'm going through pages and I'm like, okay, principle one, this is awesome, you know. And then as I'm reading, I'm like, these faces started happening. I'm like, Whoa! Because I started seeing what a shepherd really does with their sheep. You see, all my life, I've always thought a shepherd had their staff, they looked at their sheep, everything's all good, the cool of the breeze is coming in, everything feels great, life is good, the angels start singing. Like That, that was my image of a shepherd. And, and look, if that's your image now, I'm about to shatter it, okay, because check out what they do, okay? It is not just that. That's great and all, okay? But there are things they do on a routine every single day with their sheep. Okay, and I won't get too detailed, but I'm going to share some, some disgusting stuff, okay? <laughs> a lot of times they check for diseases on these sheep. All right? They check around. They'll look under the, their hooves. They'll check everything there. Everything's intact. They grab them. They'll, you know, once hurt, they'll throw them over their shoulder, bring them to where they need to go. But not only that, they go to their faces, and they actually stick their fingers up their nose, okay, all the way up there to take any type of maybe uh, flies laying eggs in their, in their brains because that's what happens. Am I getting a little graphic? I see faces turning sour right now, okay? There's a redemptive message, I promise, okay? But these shepherds get so in the nitty-gritty, according to, what's his name, Nacho Libre, okay? They get so nitty-gritty with these sheep, that they, they're, they're actually saving them. Because what happens is when these eggs are laid in their brains and they start hatching, the sheep go insane and they start killing themselves. It's just, it's bad. It's a disease that takes over and it's, and it's gone. So the shepherd's willing to get down and dirty and get into the sheep's uh, all in its Kool-Aid to make sure it's safe and it's healthy. And after it goes through every single one, remember, we're not talking about one sheep. We're talking about a flock of sheep. Okay, they will continue, it will continue on a routine to check on these sheep because he wants to make sure that they're good. 
You know, we had just read a second ago that the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. You know, you, you think about a shepherd, and if a, if a wolf or a coyote will come, it actually goes in front to defend the sheep and lays its life down, ready to take whatever out. And I'm pretty sure it's not an easy and comfortable moment for that shepherd. But Jesus, it calls himself, and the good shepherd, that he laid his, down, life, his life down for, for us. You know, when you think about the shepherd, a shepherd is known to tend, to care, and to lead. Jesus came for that reason, to tend, to care, and to lead his people. That's called redemption. That's called reconciliation. That's called restoration that God wants us all to have. You know, there are times where we think, okay, God, all right, God, I am in such a big mess right now. How could you save me? Jesus is going to get in your Kool-Aid. And spiritually speaking, he's going to stick his fingers up your nostrils, clean out whatever he needs to clean out so you can live a healthy, longevity life. That's a good shepherd. That is a good shepherd. So what I'm saying is this. There's going to be uncomfortable moments when it comes to our good shepherd. There's gonna, he's going to make sure that inside out we are worked on by our heavenly father. That's simply the power of God. And again, like a good shepherd, Jesus laid his life down for us so we can have everlasting life or eternal life is what the Bible says. You know, Jesus continues on. If we go down John 10, all the way down to verse 27 and 28, Jesus continued and he said this, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Nobody will snatch them out of my hand. Did you know that is a promise God gave you guys? That is a promise he gave you that no one can snatch him out. But how do we activate that promise in our life? You know, so many times we read these things, but we don't exercise it. It's like having a gym membership, but you never went to the gym. How is it benefiting you? You know? Oh, I just stepped on some toes today. All right. Don't worry. I'm one of them, so it's all good. <laughs> no, I'm in there now. So here's the thing. Jesus wants you to tap into his power so you can do damage in the kingdom of hell while you're on earth. It's as simple as that. You know, he said, he says, no one will snatch you out of my hand. Really, it's, it's when we come to a point of when we hear his voice, but not only hear, we need to listen and follow the voice of God that the power is really activated in our lives. You know, there, 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 is a, there is a different way that God speaks to us. You know, for me, for instance, and I've shared this many times, one of the best ways God really ministers and talks to me and I can really hear him in my heart is through nature. I mean, I've shown pictures in the past. I've talked about stories that I have. I've talked about the water. I've talked about the trees and the storms. Like, I, they're, through nature, through just nature itself, I hear the power of God, and God fills me during those moments. You guys say you're crazy, Jesse, but I say I hear God in the midst of that. You know, I talk to other people on occasions, and they would tell me uh, that, um, um, well, through, through pictures, I, I, I see pictures, and God gives me pictures, and he speaks to me through that. Others say, I journal, and I write, and I write, and I write, and sometimes I don't know what I'm writing, but he's writing this letter to me, so I hear God through that. Recently, I just heard someone said colors, like I, a, a color would just show up, and I hear God speak in my life. 
God is speaking to us. For me, it's nature, but he speaks in many different ways. Ask God if you don't know. Ask God, how, how am I in that area? How do, how do you speak to me? And if you simply just don't know, this is what I'll encourage you to do, because he'll speak right now. Go to your word. Go to the Bible. Start reading. Well, I, I, I don't know what I'm reading. Just start reading and trust the spirit of God to minister to you because he is the one. He's the one that's really talking and ministering and giving you all that you need. Again, there are many different ways. And my prayer, that's why I say this every time when I'm up here. My prayer up here is that when I'm speaking, it would resonate in your lives personally. Because, I, I, yeah, I'll draw a picture with my words. I tell stories. Sometimes jokes come out on accident. You know, I don't mean that. But what I'm saying is this. I want God to be so personal with you guys that it's not Jesse talking to me. It's God using Jesse to talk to me. That's how personal God wants to get. But not only that, he says, I don't want you to wait till Sunday. Continue to talk to me. Continue to worship me. Watch me speak volumes in your life. You know, Jesus, Jesus really, uh, he, he only spoke, the Bible says, what the Father told him to speak on. In John 12, 49 and 50, Jesus said this to the disciples and to us. He, he said this, For I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. Verse 50, I know that his command leads to eternal life. I'm going to say that one more time. I know his command, what he says, what he tells me to do, will lead to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. It is his voice that brings us the power in our, in, in our lives. This is the perfect model that Jesus gave us on how we should live today. I believe right now, if we would follow this model we would save ourselves a lot of trouble in this earth life because Jesus spoke only what the Father told him to speak. So I'm pretty sure when God didn't tell him to do anything, Jesus didn't do it or say it. So many times I've caught myself where I'm not supposed to say something and I said something or I was supposed to say something and I didn't see, say anything and I get myself into this trouble. And then I'm pleading to God, oh, God, why am I in this? And he's like, are you listening? Are you listening? You know, again, if we will follow the model of God, of what Jesus says, hey, only speak what the Father, what the Spirit of God in you tells you to speak on, things will go well with you. Hearing God is not past tense, church. Hearing God is not even future. Hearing God is present. Hearing God is now. He is speaking now. God's voice will be impactive, it will be effective as you continue to lead your life today. And that same voice that we see in the Bible and in history is the same voice that's speaking today. Think about it for a second. I think about Moses in the burning bush, and we think how awesome that story is and how cool it would be if they, we saw a burning bush and it was talking to us. Well, guess what? It's not a burning bush. It may be people. It may be the word, it may be through worship, or it may be a quiet time with him that he will speak. But it's the same voice at that time than it is today. But there is a difference. Now, you ready for this one? There is a difference from hearing versus listening. Hearing versus listening. You know, when you think about children, 
When I think about my four children, okay, children naturally hear. <laughs> you guys know where I'm going now, right? They naturally hear. But man, it takes training for them to follow through and listen to whatever instructions you have. My mom's saying, yeah, yeah, looking right at me. <laughs> I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> you did good. <laughs> you know, when I think about my kids and they hear me, I can look at my son, Joshua, 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 take the trash out. Joshua, take the trash out. But it took me, we're in nine years right now, baby. Nine years. <laughs> For him to respond and say, yeah, dad, okay, take, okay, I'll, and follow through with instructions. Parents, you know what I'm talking about or not? It take, there is a difference between hearing and listening. I'm going to do a little exercise with you. I've done this before in the past, but I'm going to do it again because it's just fun, okay? I need your involvement. Everyone going to get involved? Yeah. Everyone going to get involved? Yeah. All right, on the count of three, on the, on the count of three, we all shout it out, right? One, two, three, shout out your favorite ice cream. Go. Yeah. Okay, stop. Okay, all right. Stop for a second. I heard everything. You heard everything. But what was your neighbor's favorite ice cream? Uh, <laughs> now, no, no, not because you know it. <laughs> not because you know it, okay? Now I'm going to do it again. And you're going to say the exact same answer, but you're going to listen to your neighbor. Ready? One, two, three. Okay, now what's your favorite or what's, what's your neighbor's favorite ice cream? Now you got it. You see, the first, the first time, the first time you heard something. Now, the language was the same. The answer was exactly the same. Nothing really changed, but the difference was the second time you decided to listen. There is a difference between hearing and listening. And I believe a lot of times we don't tap into God's power. We don't uh, activate what God has for us because we're simply not listening. We hear God. We know God is talking. We're growing in Christ, but we're missing out on a lot of benefits because we are just simply not listening to what God has for us. God want not, doesn't just want you to hear, but he wants you to also to listen to him. And when you think about it, listening requires being attentive, being relational, sitting and having an, a conversation that goes back and forth. You know, again, when you, when you think about it, you learn to hear and listen to the voice of God. The Bible kind of tells us, or actually it does tell us how we should do so. When we go to Romans 10, verse 17, and I love this verse because it's very clear, very, very, very clear, Okay. In Romans 10, 17, it says, so faith comes from hearing, and other people will continue that, hearing and hearing and hearing, okay? That is hearing the good news about Christ. So when you think about this for a second, when I focus with God and I start hearing God through his word and through worship and through fellowship of the church, and I start, and I decide to start listening and training to listen at his commands, guess what produces Guess what produces? Faith in Christ. You start getting stronger in your faith. You start believing and exercising in the name of Jesus Christ. When you think about Peter, the disciple, okay, what he had to do when he was in a boat and Jesus is walking on water, he had to focus on Jesus. He had to hear his voice. Then he had to listen at his command and uh, faith produced out of, out of Peter to the point where he actually got out of the boat and started doing something impossible. Because he followed the focus, hear, and listen, 
and he followed through with that, something impossible happened. But there was another voice that was shouting at him that caused him to sink. And that was fear. And that was doubt. And that was insecurity. And that was, that's just impossible. And what happened was he sunk down. In life, if we don't constantly stay focused on the word and with Jesus and not be in tune with his voice, there are going to be a lot of sinking moments. And, but don't get me wrong, God will rescue every single time when you call on the name of Jesus. But let me tell you something. God doesn't want you to be in that position. God said, I had created you not just to be a head above water in life. I created you to walk on water in life, to do the impossible. And when you follow through with this model that Jesus gave us, you start seeing the things produce out of your personal life. And it's like you're starting to get out of the boat because God's given you a command and you start walking on water. You start doing things that you thought you could never do because of the power of God and in his voice. You know, in Hebrews chapter 2, Verse 1, we start learning about discerning his voice. It says, it's crucial, okay? It's crucial that we keep a firm grip on what we've heard so that we don't drift off. So we don't drift off. I remember last summer, um, we were out in Lake Michigan with some family on a boat, and uh, we kind of just hung out. We, you know, our, our father-in-law, my father-in-law, Marty's dad passed away uh, almost two years now, going on two years. Um, but we had a little ceremony for him out in Lake Michigan. And um, we decided to go swimming afterwards. And as I was jumping in the water, I mean, we're about a mile or two out in Lake Michigan. We're jumping in the water. We're coming out. We're having fun. Um, we caught this current, okay? And it started pulling my brother-in-law and uh, his name is Miguel, started t- pulling Miguel and I away from the boat. Now, we're the men of this boat, okay? So like, no, we got to come back. But it got strong on us to the point where we actually had to help each other. Now, here's the thing. The reason why I share that part is because there is something I missed and something he missed. Now, on the back of the boat, there were these little floaty things, devices that were attached to a rope. There was like four or five of them spread out. So if anything would happen, you could catch on one. But the instructions were hang on to them. Hang on to them. Hang on to them. And we didn't hang on to them. We heard. We didn't listen for that moment, okay? And so what happened was, was as we got caught in this, this little uh, uh, current that kind of pulled us. Now, nothing serious. Like, we weren't underwater. But, man, we were starting to drift away. And I remember saying, why didn't I listen in the midst of that? And I'm, I'm, I'm trying my hardest. And to be honest with you, I, I'm a pretty good swimmer. I'm not boasting about that. But I really am a pretty good swimmer. And that thing got me. And I'm like, no. And then I saw Miguel, and Miguel's like, come on, come on, come on. We're just kind of pushing each other as we're trying to get going. Luckily, someone on the boat threw one at us, and he was able to catch it by fingertips. And then he was able to grab my hand, and we kind of just pulled ourselves in. Let me tell you something. I learned my lesson, okay? Never again. Don't laugh, Barney. I don't know why you're laughing, man. So, <laughs> But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I did learn my lesson. There was instructions, and I heard the instructions, but it was an option for me to listen. But another voice was saying, how much more fun would it be if you just went out this way? Don't worry about that. And I listened to that voice, and I listened to that excitement, and because of it, I put myself in a position that could have gone bad. Praise Jesus, it didn't, but it could have gone bad. Lesson learned there. But seriously, there's life right now where we know there's an enemy, 
And then there's God. And God's saying, learn my voice, discern my voice, because the enemy's going to speak volumes, but I speak a whisper. The enemy's going to tell you a lie, but I will always give you truth. And when you get personal with your God, he said it. You will know his voice, and you will follow. And you will follow. But it is a decision-making on you to listen to his instructions. Other voices will rise up, but you need to stay in tune with the spirit that God's given you so you can go on to your next phase in this life that God has for you. You know, in John 16, 13, it, it, it confirms that he will lead you to all truth, and that's the Holy Spirit. He will lead you to all truth. You know, I was reading this book, and I love what they said in this. I wrote this statement down. It says, nothing has the potential to change your life like the voice of God. Nothing in this world has the potential to change the course of your life like the voice of God. So it is no coincidence that God uses shepherd and sheep as an illustration Because let me tell you something, even though a shepherd and the sheep don't speak the same language, (laughs) the Bible says those sheep know the shepherd's voice. Maybe there are times in life where we don't see what God is doing, but we know his voice. And we will still follow when we're uncertain. And we say we put our trust in you, God. And the last point I want to give you is learn to obey the voice of God. Learn to obey it because obedience starts with surrendering your heart. Obeying his voice and, and having the obedience in your life, it really starts there. In Proverbs 23, 26, uh, it says, oh my son, give me your heart. Let me say that one more time. Give me your heart. May your eyes take delight in following my ways. Psalms 95 7 says, Listen to God, to, to God's voice today. When you apply obedience, when you apply obedience to uh, of the word and his spirit and what he has for you, and you follow his commands, obedience brings rewards, people. Obedience brings blessings. Obedience brings growth in this world. Obedience brings eternal life to your life. That is just the power of obedience. You know, when, when, when God would tell me to go to one face to another, and it, didn't, it doesn't make sense, but I've chosen to trust and, and go that way, he's always shown himself faithful. He's taken care of me, my wife, my children, and those that are around me. But there were moments where I heard God and I chose not to listen, and I've gotten myself trapped in something. And I will call out in the name of Jesus. And he was always there to rescue. But he would tell me, you didn't have to be there at that moment, one moment. I don't know why I'm thinking about this. I'm just going to share it with you guys. Have you ever seen the Chronicles of Narnia? You guys know what movie I'm talking about? I know there's books and stuff. But the Chronicles of Narnia. And there's, a, there's, a, there's a, uh, two brothers, two sisters. It's a younger boy. Edmund. Is that his name? Okay, okay, so Edmund makes a big mistake, and he, and he follows the, the, the witch of the winter and all that stuff, and you know the journey if you watch the movie. If you haven't watched the movie, watch it. It's really good. So you, hey, he's going through this whole journey, and he makes this mistake, and it's now down to the end of the movie, 
He, he asked us for forgiveness and that whole deal. But there's this one scene that I've been seeing, and actually since yesterday, and now I know why God's been putting it in my head. There's this scene I keep seeing, and it's at the end of the movie, and it's where the three other brothers and sisters are, are hanging out and are saying, where's Edmund, and where's, where's Aslan the lion? And then, Well, they're inside, they're having a conversation. And then from a distance, they'll look, and they see Edmund walking with the lion. And Edmund looks at them, and then he puts his head down, and he just continues just to walk with the lion, and I think about that scenario for a second because even though he messed up, even though he was in disobedience, there was still a conversation between him, who was the king of the whole thing, and, and, and this boy. And that brought him to, to redemption and restoration. Now, let's fast forward to another movie, same series. It's called um, Prince Caspian. You guys know what I'm talking about? And there's a part where the witch is on this glass or this ice, and she's putting a spell or whatever, trying to uh, get the older brother to fall into the trap that she did in the first movie with the younger brother. And as he's following through, and he's kind of, in a sense, hypnotized of this thing, from behind, the little brother comes and goes, smash, and he breaks the glass. You guys know what I'm talking about? Okay, and then he walks away, and he says, no, not this time. I Not this time. And when I think about those two scenarios, and it's funny, since yesterday, I'm like, why am I thinking about this movie? i got to watch this movie again or something. But I think about it. Because he had a conversation with the lion, he received forgiveness, and he was walking in obedience. And he says, look, I messed up once, and I was in disobedience, and I didn't like the feeling, and I almost lost everything. But now I'm stronger, and I've gotten my conversation. I've been forgiven. But when someone else was following what I felt earlier, man, I'm stopping it. How many times do we fall in disobedience and just count ourselves out? God say, no, 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 no. I take bad and make it good, okay? Whatever scenario I've been in, I make it good. And I'm going to use you for the good. So when someone else goes through an issue, maybe that you've been in in the past, or you fell in disobedience, just like that younger brother, you're going to come and you're going to smash. No, don't follow that because... And you're able to now be effective for God's kingdom. That's the power of God. That's God's voice in our lives. If we focus, if we hear, and if we listen to what God tells us to do. But it really is up to you guys. All I'm doing is bringing some encouragement. Don't count yourself out. Don't disqualify yourself from this earthly journey called life. God will use you. He will activate his life. He's just saying, hey, listen and stay plugged in with me. Yeah, there have been many mistakes, but I am a big God. I am a God that knew that already. I am a God that sent my son because I loved you that much, and his blood is what's covered the multitude of sin. Will you come back home? That's what he's saying. Will you come back home? Church, that is offered to us every single day. You can, you can have a good life because of a good God if you would simply surrender your heart to him. Let's go ahead and close our eyes and bow our head.